Hey guys, welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Allen. Yes! You know, this podcast is dedicated to bringing honest, authentic conversations so that you can have a healthy, happy, healthy, juicy love life. Here's Crazy Juicy Love. All right, guys, welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love podcast. We're in quarantine. I'm with my girl, Lilia, <laughs> who's a pleasure strategist. Yes. So tell us, what is a pleasure strategist? Well, uh, what I do is that I help women create the relationships they always wanted in their 30s through the discovery of pleasure. So I work, you know, I use a, a number of different methodologies, but um, is de- everything is pretty much cent- centered around pleasure. Mm. So how did you even get it? Can you tell me some backstory? How did you even get into being a pleasure strategist? And why is this so important to you and to bring this to the world for women? Yeah, so it, it was all, um, I, I like to say by by conscious accident. So um, I had a personal organizer who came to my house. She was in my bedroom, in this room, um, looking through different drawers, and she found my sex toys. And I was like, oh my God, you know, where do people put them? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so she said, oh, you can put them in a, like a regular box, cardboard, whatever. I was like, oh, that's ugly. So I was, you know, I tried different options. I couldn't find anything. And then I just just forgot it. And then like some months later, I went into Babeland looking for a storage product. And they were like, no, we don't have any, but we get that question all the time. So I was like, wow, I'll just like that. I just said, you know what? I'll just create one. So in the process of, you know, created the product, I put it out there, sold it to retail stores, um, launched it through a Kickstarter campaign and, and all of that. Wow. Um, I What I realized was is that I was much more interested in the conversations I had with people about sex and the actual product. <laughs> so people were asking me about my product. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm selling this thing. <laughs> but I would, I, would, I would get so caught up in, like, what they wanted and what was going on in their lives and, and all of that that um, I became, you know, just more interested in that. And um, I've had my brand now for House of Plume. I've had that for about mm. um, five years and I'm actually closing it up now because I realized actually that I was more valuable than the product. And I was actually yeah, hiding wow. behind it. Wow. Yeah. wow that's, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So then I just, you know, really created my own um, methodology around bringing pleasure to my life. I am pretty much a type A personality. Um, anal retent i have everything in here stored in a box that has a label on um, anal and shit um <laughs> and I, I had to I had to pretty much learn how to be how to enjoy life i was like mm. i didn't accomplish anything i have to accomplish something first and then i can enjoy something um so yeah i'm, I'm my own client Oh, I, I hear that. I am too. Uh, so before we get into some things I really noticed on your website and, you know, the tips for couples and singles during this quarantine time. So I'm just 
talk about pleasure and like, what do you like? Because that could be interpreted in so many ways in, in pleasure. Yes. So mm-hmm. what do you mean by pleasure? By by pleasure, what I mean, and, and I go strictly by the by the by the dictionary's de- definition of pleasure, which is anything that brings you a, sat- a sense of satisfaction and joy. Right. Uh, so that could be anything. A lot of that could be it could be sexual, it could be non-sexual, it could be um, you know popping bubble wrap. I love popping bubble wrap. That's <laughs> pleasure for me. I love that too, um, actually. Yeah, it's so I don't know why it's so, it's so like <laughs> it's satisfying. You know why? Because it's you get it. It's something that you can complete. It's like boop, it's finished. I. I it's so mundane. Me. It's just like you could just get into yeah. it and just like keep going. Yeah, keep going. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, it could be anything. A lot, of, a lot. When people hear the word pleasure, um, a lot of times what they do gravitate to is, is something sexual, and yeah, it's really involved in the senses. <laughs> yeah, that's where most people's minds go, and it's anything to do with your senses, really. So, your sense of smell, touch, you know, all of that sensory, like you know, your your environment, so visual, all of that could really be um, a vehicle to experience pleasure. Okay. So I am going to go into some things, going to go into some things on your website uh, with, mm-hmm. with the House of Plume, with the toy box, which I love the quotes and I picked four of them and I just would love to, mm-hmm. you know, to, to elaborate. Um, yeah. So the first one is don't get into a relationship who, with someone who doesn't like oral sex. You will regret it. Now, yes. I... I, I agree with that wholeheartedly because I've been there with one of my relationships and the oral sex what a waste of time what a waste of time the the, the, the oral sex was so bad that I would would turn it down and I was just like I have to be with somebody (laughs) (laughs) just like I'm good you know me I don't have to do that just like you know (laughs) so so, you know why is that important like why did you have that on there well, for so my target audience, directly and indirectly, are mostly women. And why I say indirectly and directly is because half of my customers are men buying the product for for the women in their life. So, for women, um, first of all, a, no, a huge number of women actually don't even experience orgasm. And the most that do have to have clitoral stimulation. So it's incredibly important for most women to experience clitoral stimulation. And for me, that's oral sex. And that's for a lot of women, that's that's what it is. And so I was in a relationship for on and off for like four years with someone who didn't enjoy it. And it was like awful. And once I once I realized like how good it could be, I was like, oh my god, I wasted my fucking yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a friend of mine, and he's in a relationship, and she doesn't. His wife doesn't like giving him. Just like he goes, I miss it, and I go, wow, it's just like it's just a missing that happens in the yeah. relationship that for me is is important. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really glad you have that down there. So. Uh, the next thing you have on there is I, I I literally burst out laughing and I reposted it on Instagram. It says, having sex because you feel for this guy is, wait, having sex because you feel 
for this guy's charity pussy. And I strongly disagree with it. Give it to someone who has a real need. Like, what yeah. is that? So, it's just, in so many conversations I've had with women, and also, like, before, in the beginning of my own journey around um, pleasure and, and um, sexuality, women would, I've heard so many times, oh, I just did it because I felt bad. Mm. You know, I felt bad because, you know, he really likes me and, you know, I something happened or whatever. Something they felt guilty about or some sense of obligation and then they would, you know, then they would have sex and they would continue to have sex and not enjoy it. And it'd be like, oh, but I, you know, I feel bad, you know, like you don't, they don't say like, I don't like that or what you're doing actually doesn't work. And no, but I, you know, I don't want to hurt his feelings. I feel bad, you know, and it's such a disservice to yourself. It, it really, really is. is actually this really dishonoring yourself. And it's, and it's dishonest that person. Yeah. Know? And it's like, it's really leading them. It's like, you're, you're lying basically to that person. You're lying. It's a yeah. lie. It's, it's a big a fat lie. lie. And what, you, so when you deal with women, or people in that situation, how do you coach them around how to tackle that? Because I'm sure a lot of people don't know how to have that conversation because it's a very awkward conversation, especially if you're already somehow intertwined with each other. How do you how do you have that conversation? How do you teach women how to have that conversation? So what I do is first, you know, get to like get to the root of why they, you know, what they feel bad about, you know, mm. what what is it about it that is confronting for them, you know, and a lot of times it's because, oh, I don't want to hurt their, you know, this person's feelings. And men really do have like their their sense of themselves and their sexual performance, like really right. neck and yeah. neck. Like it's really is part of their identity almost. And, and and to their, it's not really their fault. You know, it's how, how society, how men are raised, that yeah. that's, that's part of who you are. And so women have also been brought up to believe that they have to play into that by playing into what would make them feel good versus what would make them feel, them mm. themselves feel good. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, getting to, getting to that, what is it that you're really, you know, what is it you're really concerned about? And then as far as having the conversation, the first thing I say is to not have it, you know, not to not have it in a place where they don't have it like during sex. You know, it's either like before in an environment like at a restaurant, totally non-threatening where you're just talking about something. Um, or you can also do something like I call uh, it being uh, a pleasure map which is where you, you know, go through each other's bodies and go, okay, I like this, I like that, I don't like this. And oh, by the way, when you do that thing, I kind of actually don't like that. Mm, that's a good segue. And most men will be like, most men will be like, why did you tell me that before? Here I'm thinking I'm doing something and, you know, so because men really do want to please. Right, and it's also you're basically, what I'm hearing is creating a safe space for both yes. of you to be open and you're in that environment and then you yeah. just bring it up. Yes. Mm, I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. Um, and one of them is, uh, it says, don't tell, uh, don't tell him you came when you didn't. Stop doing that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I died laughing. So, 
Well, because I, I, as a gay man or a man, like I've been there before and like I'm not like this like bottom, you know, and yeah. um, I've been in that situation where I faked it because I was not into that person when I, or they were doing Just something yeah. that I didn't yeah. like or didn't want. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't like like what you just said. Don't say it during sex. But it's like, well, what I do, I pretend that like I'm tired, or I pretend that I did something that like I did orgasm. So yeah. you know why is why is that important? I mean, it's it's really important. Like to stop doing that because again, it's leading somebody on. Yeah, it's definitely it's leading someone on, and it's like you know it's just creating another layer. It's just creating another deception, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when yeah. you, when you dishonor your, when you dishonor the relationship, you dishonor that person, but you're really dishonoring yourself by yeah. telling that type of lie, particularly on your, on your body, because it, it does stay with you. It yeah. does, it does, it does stay with you because then you have to tell another lie. You know, eventually mm. if they don't know that that doesn't work. What you did, they're going to do it again. Yeah, they're gonna do it again, and then you're gonna have to lie again, and then you're gonna have to feel bad. Yeah, and sex is all about feeling good and connection, and here you are creating this barrier, yes. and and then you're not even fe- and it doesn't even feel good. So then, then it's like, oh, what's the point? Why am I even doing this in the first place? You know, good point. Like those, I could definitely yeah. see now those barriers of like just slowly building, building. That definitely, like, for me, happened to my first relationship. It's like pretending that <laughs> I like this one thing and when, in fact, I, I, I didn't at all. And Yeah, last, and it just doesn't feel good. No, yeah. it doesn't. And it affects your relationship. You, you don't know that you, it does, but it generally does affect your relationship when you lie yeah. about you orgasm or you like something in your relationship. It's almost like keeping it's like it's keeping a secret, and those yes, secrets keep, and then secret. you're getting away with it. Then most like most likely you try to get seeking you get away with other things. I mean, it could lead to I mean, it could lead to you down to so many dark roads in a relationship. Yeah, and that's yeah, and that's just the relationship. And that you know, if you look at your whole life, because I really do believe sex is like the totality of your whole life. Mm. So you do that in other areas of your life. You're not straight in other areas. Yeah. Or you you try to sugarcoat it or or play it down. I I I you know I rarely meet women who don't do that in some other area in life. Mm. Yeah. And the last one, which I th- I believe I quoted this before I don't remember this but it's such a powerful quote um, it says shame has no place in pleasure what do you mean by mm-hmm. that well there's no way to feel good if you are ashamed hmm. and um, you know shame is just like you know, it's a it's 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 part of the human condition. It's it's what we experience. All even some animals even experience shame. But it's it's you cannot feel good and feel shame at the same time. Mm. So, it, in in essence, like kills it off. So if you if you are if there's something that you enjoy and you can't say that that's what you enjoy or there's aspects of your sexuality that other people don't know about. So like, you know, let's say everyone thinks you are 100% straight, but when in fact you're actually 
um, <laughs> you know, bisexual, mm, you know, um, that, that impacts how you experience, you know, bisexuality. You know, it's just, you, shame just doesn't allow you to be 100% present in what right. you're experiencing. Therefore, cuts off your experience to feel pleasure. That's that's a really good point because my first um, instinct or example that comes to my mind is a show... Um, Oh my God, I can't think of the show right now. Um, uh, Love is Blind. So, and have you seen oh, that? So, have you seen that? I, I have not seen it. I've seen everything on Facebook about it, which is like, I, I don't feel like I saw it already. So, um, but I haven't seen it, no. So, in Love is Blind, there's a character, his name is Carlton, and he's bisexual. Now, mm-hmm. in the very first episode, he brings it up that he's afraid to mention it to diamond who is the woman who he was quote-unquote marrying and right away i knew that shame because he hit this whole thing the whole time mm-hmm. and when the moment came he got so weird and so angry and the minute he told her she was like okay and she's like well why didn't you tell me earlier and then he flipped it on her so he was like see i told you you want to do you're not gonna like she's like what are you talking about i'm trying to be an adult here and have this conversation with you and now you're flipping out it's like mm-hmm. that's not me that's you so your shame will eat you up and cause you i think in, in one way or another help you will sabotage your relationship when you're carrying that shame about like Play for instance, your sexuality or what you like. Yeah, it could really turn into like rage, you mm-hmm. know. So like, you know, it could put you like animals when they're in a corner. You know, if you corner a cat, they'll fuck you up. <laughs> True. They will fuck you up. You know. So shame, you know, really, it's like putting yourself in the corner. And so if if anyone starts to you know poke at that, bring that up. Of course, you know, one of the responses would to be defensive. And if you are defensive enough, then you're going to get angry. And if you're angry with no real intention, then it becomes rage. And then that whole, you know, whatever you're creating could could totally be impacted. And what are, like, when you're dealing with a lot of like, women and couples, like, mm-hmm. what is some of the shame that is common that comes up when you're talking to a lot of women? Mm. So many different. Um, in essence, it's it's a lot of you know unresolved trauma with respect to like perhaps like abuse, sexual abuse, or mm-hmm. just experiencing sex at an age maybe at two of an early of an age or in not an environment that was that was healthy. Um, you know, because women, what they go through, this is, I, you know, I look at my personal experience as a, as a, when I went from a girl to an adolescent, is that, you know, girls are protected. You know, my, my parents protected me as a girl. And then when I became an adolescent and when I began to develop and then I was like, you know, I walked to school and did all that stuff, then it became, you not. You better not let a boy touch you. You better not, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't go, you can't be outside after dark. You know you can't go there alone. It became like I had to put a wall around myself to defend myself from men, you know, versus when I was a girl, I was protected. 
I would then have the expectation that I was supposed to protect myself from all sorts of unwanted mm. attention. Wow. And that kind of shift without any kind of real like explanation about it or any kind of like self-love around it creates really does create shame. I became, you know, ashamed to certain extent about my body. You know, but then I became like, you know, because we both from Miami, then it was like, fuck <laughs> and get naked. You know, it's like, I'm, my clothes is going to be as tiny as, as I can, as they can be. Um, so, yeah, that, there's, there's a lot around that. And then there's shame around, like, when you tried something and it didn't work. Um, so, you know, I've worked with men before. And so uh, uh, men also have a tremendous amount of shame around sex. And um, one of them is to be, like, if you are ever sexually rejected. So it's like, oh... I wanted to have sex, she didn't. And, you know, I, I said, okay, I backed off. But that rejection, quote unquote, is like so damning and so shaming. So uh, it just it just depends really on your, on your personal experiences. But a lot of those things just end up, they just end up like not healed, not addressed, not dealt with. And then people expect to have relationships that, that work and you expect right. to have you know four or five orgasms when you when you have sex um and it's you can't without dealing with all that yeah so i'm curious of how what shame did you deal with with yourself and your body and how did you start the process of healing for some others who are listening that so they can start to tackle that on their own to start their own healing and even Mm. recognize their own shame hmm what shame did I have about my body? Oh my gosh, how many what um, things was it? Well, I, I mean, I can tell you my own. Like I used to, like especially there's so much body shame in the gay community that like just be like wanting to have the perfect body and not be willing to put myself out there. Especially since I've had, you know, a skin discoloration. Like when I first got mm-hmm. my LIGO, I was so I had so much shame. It's like nobody's gonna ever want me. That's what I made that mm-hmm. mean. Like. Nobody's gonna ever want me or have to have sex with me. Yeah. And I immediately yeah. stopped like dating, going out, trying to have sex or anything. And when I did start dating, I just I was so uncomfortable. What are they gonna say when I take off my clothes? Like, what are they gonna see? The spots. Like I go into this whole dialogue in my head. Yeah. Um right. and I would even uh I would then I was like, okay. I would even start to put that I had vitiligo on my profile so they can know what they can know. I don't have to like say it. I don't have to like, you know, it's just like, yeah, it doesn't have to be a big deal, a big deal. This whole, whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started doing uh, this exercise that uh, Mastin Kipson out. It was like a daily love, um, self-love routine and like look in the mirror every day for 30 days and mm. looking at the thing that you hate the most about your body and just like giving it love and appreciation. And that literally changed my thoughts and belief around that. And I took it off my profile and I just stopped having to introduce myself with yeah. this, you know, yeah. skin disease. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I totally, yeah, I totally get that. Oh my gosh. So how many, oof. 
I could probably just do like a body scan and see different shades. So it's probably my nose was the first. No, my eyebrows. They used to call me Burn Ernie. They're not as thick as they used to be. But back when I was a kid, they were like this thick. Mm-hmm. I was called Burn Ernie. Um, You're called Burn and, and Ernie. It was Burn Ernie. Yeah. <laughs> you were really Oh God. <laughs> and then like you know, and then like skinny eyebrows became in, and then I was super overfucked. And my mother said. You know, you keep doing that, you're not gonna have any eyebrows. Watch, watch. <laughs> My mother's Cuban. And I was like, whatever. And so now, yeah, now I got little spots. Like, oh, now I wish I had that they grew like that f- the way they were full that way. Um, so that was one. Eyebrows. My legs, my legs are like thick. And though it got attention from men, I've always wanted like slender, like, you know, like running legs. Mm-hmm. Not like stocky legs, and so it took a while to, to like like my legs. Um, my feet huge, you know. I had to get deal with that because I, you know. Then it was like I can't never find shoes. So yeah, all that like all that impacts you know yeah. women. If you know like if you don't like just know that you know I'm fine for for how I am. The latest the the, the latest shame that I dealt with. Um, was my hair. You know, I'd gone gray probably like five a lot of people, years ago. A lot of men to deal with that gray. Uh, and I was like, nope, I'm not ready for that. So I went blonde to deal with it. And I love being blonde. Blonde was fun. But then I had to go lighter and lighter to deal with how much gray I had at the corners. And then my hair would routinely fall out. Because <laughs> I wouldn't even care. I would do all kinds of stuff to it. And um, my hairstylist was like, girl, won't you, your hair is great. Just like, just go gray. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, all right. So finally I went gray. And then I got so many compliments about it, you know? And then I just, so, just like, oh, this is who I am. You know, I'm, I'm gray. Okay. It's not, it's not, it's it's not, a, the, it's not the biggest deal that I thought it was. And then yeah. everybody else became gray. You know, every, then everyone dyed their hair gray. I'm like, uh, whatever. Yeah, that radical acceptance is so important. And I think that's what that exercise that I did with Bob Mass and Kip, the daily love mirror exercise every day, like yeah. really radically loving and accepting myself and changing the belief around each yeah. little thing. And that's what was really stopping me, those beliefs. Yeah. All right. So now going into the tips, you know, I mean, it's a really good segue, actually, to like yeah. really helping people, you know, so really while people were in quarantine, it's really such a really good time to people to dive into pleasure as a single person and as a couple. So let's first yeah. start off with like singles, like what are three things that singles can do to really explore and get into pleasure so they can just like feel good about themselves and feel good about their bodies and themselves. Yeah. So, you know, um, here's one thing I'll just say about that or about the expression of pleasure, period, is that really, you know, pleasure is your own responsibility. So no matter what kind of relationship you're in, whether you're single, you're poly, you're married for a gazillion years, it's 100% your responsibility. So my, you know, tips and advice is very, it's not, I actually wouldn't vary that much from you know, someone being in a relationship or okay. not. It's just, you know, because, you know, being in a relationship is kind of just the vehicle to express that. Um, but mm. you kind of have to be on that path 
you know, on that road already. Um, so one thing that I'd say for singles, for anyone um, right now, is that, you know, release the need to do, to like, to take a whole bunch of things on, you know? So our society is set up, you know, that you gotta be, in order for you to be productive, you must know things. One of the reasons why so many people have so much debt around, you know, college and they want to, you take, you want to do something. Oh, I got to go to school for it. Oh, I got to get, no, you don't need to like learn a bunch of shit, you know? (laughs) So just like be with yourself, relax, actually take this time to do nothing. And nothing is so scary for people. I I had a a lot or my, one of my best friends said that to me. He said, you know, a couple of years ago, he said, you don't know how to do nothing. I was like, what do you mean? I do. I do got to do nothing. I, when I'm on my time off, I'm like, so he's like, no, I'm like, you don't have, you don't know how to like stop, do nothing, binge. He's like, when the last time you binge watch like a, a series, I was like, mm, uh, uh, or just like not spend a day without creating or ch- looking, pursuing something. And I was like, I couldn't think. And I, and I was like, oh, I need to, Add that to my life because <laughs> it was I realized yeah. how much important because it was like everything else was wearing me out I was getting exhausted yeah yeah and you know creating space you know really is like the first step in experiencing pleasure you really just do have to create this space yeah. in your life in your physical um in your in your the, the physical physicality in your actual space all of that impacts you know how you how you experience pleasure so yeah, okay, sure. You can learn a bunch of skills. You can learn Japanese and all that. But if it's not a real, like, oh my God, I would love to do that, don't take it on, yeah. you know? Um, so that's that's one thing I would say. And then respect to space and being a couple, or even if you you know you live with a roommate, is that you now you're in this routine where you're, you're home <laughs> like all the time, time. with people. <laughs> You know, and that can totally change, like, the dynamic of a relationship once you're, like, in this enclosed space. It could, you know, kind of bubble over. Yes. Um, so I would say, you know, create, like, a, a structure, really create, like, a schedule if you can, if your space is big enough to say, okay, somehow or another in this space, we're going to have, like, alone time. So I'm going to be in the bedroom from, I don't know, this time to this time. And yes. then um, if we can, you know, not work in the same area. I have a girlfriend I spoke to yesterday and she said, you know, um, she lives in a, a, a two, um, she has two floors in her house. And so she has that privilege and luxury. Um, but she was saying, she's like, yeah, my husband, tra- he tried to come and work with me because he like wanted to chat like co-workers. And I was like, him, like he was crazy and was like, and then, and then that was it. They're, they're co-working. Um, mm-hmm. And he just went into his own space. She has her own space downstairs and, you know, it, it works for them. So if you don't have that kind of space, try to create it somehow or another. Yeah. So that way you can create some kind of normalcy. Yeah, that's 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 one thing I'd, I'd say to do. Um, let's see some other things is to switch it up, you know. So even in like, you know, a master in masturbation, you could, you know, you know, if, if you know your body well enough, you know what like gets you there. 
And she's like, oh, all right. I just want to hurry up and go to sleep. I can do this five minutes. <laughs> you know, you know. So, but then that becomes, it, though it feels good, it's also a little, it's also could be numbing, you right. know. Particularly if you use toys, it could actually be, be numbing. So, you know, switch it up. Switch switch up, you know, well, the positions that you use, the toys that you use, perhaps like, you know, start to use different toys. Um, you know, anything that would kind of trick, you know, trick the mind into thinking that something yeah. new is happening and then, you know, create um, like, you know, kind of alert your senses. That's a very good point. I was, um, and it really brought to my attention one of the, there's a book called No More, no More Mr. Nice Guy uh, dealing with men. And so there's a, well, which I was very surprised. Um, mm-hmm. He talks about porn and he um, he has an exercise in the book. And he, he encouraged men to not watch porn for 30 days. And he said, most mm-hmm. men don't know how to explore or get themselves off without a visual, visual stimulant. So he was like, turn off the wow, iPhone, turn off yeah. computer and learn how to please yourself without a stimulant. Like touch your body, yeah. touch like what feels good to you. Like really explore your body and get to know yourself um, as a man because most men, again, have not done that and it's a really good way for mm-hmm. men to really get to know themselves what they like what they don't like what they want by themselves yeah that's 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 a great exercise um because there are men that just watch porn and they're not even like trying to get off or trying to masturbate they just watch it it Girl, just becomes a habit I, I was on the subway i i, I was videotaping this dude uh, he was like i was i don't know why so I was like, he was like watching this video. He had his he had his phone, and just like people around him, and I just saw this like <laughs> this flapping, and I was like, "What is that?" So I got a little closer, and it was a woman getting banged on his phone, and he just like not even hiding, like nothing, just like just just there. <laughs> just yeah, like, it's like, really like right it's now. daily, like it's newspaper. It's just like just. Like, like a regular movie. Just like, yeah, I'm going to watch this cartoon right now. You know? <laughs> but it wasn't a cartoon. Oh, My word. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, that's one tip. Another is... Um, so, if you're single, um, experiment with your experience of sex. Like, if you're dating someone, for example. Like, you know, like start to experience like maybe sexting. If you're not good at that, I feel super awkward te- sexting. I'm just like, really? <laughs> I, I, a little bit. Yeah, it's part of when I'm into it. Today. It's when I'm into it. It's good. And then like, and the thing about sexting is that it, it, it doesn't. It's not like it comes with an invitation. It's just like, hey, what's up? It's a conversation, and then it leads into that. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like busy right now. Like, I'm not like in the mood to do this right now. So I was, I was trying, it's funny. So I was trying to play it. I was, you know, sexting with this guy I'm dating and um, I was trying to play it off. And then he said, one of my descriptions was like, sounds like you're talking about a car, a new car. And I was like, oh. What did you say? How did it start I, off? I think I said, wow, nice. 
Nice what? It was like, I was like, oh, so I just was, you what, know. No, what did you say? Honest. I said, wow, nice. That was like the, some, I, I don't wow, know. Wow, like, nice? I what I, yeah, he was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> wow, like, nice? <laughs> That made me feel sexy. So. Yes, like, because I just started to feel awkward. So I just told him, I said, you know, honestly, sometimes I like sexting, like, gives me anxiety a little bit. Like, it's just a little awkward for me. Um, so I've been playing around with that. Um, FaceTime, you know, like, you know, having, like, maybe, like, a joint masturbation ses- session through, through, um, through FaceTime. That's been interesting. Um, it's like that's a whole totally different way to experience sex because it's like the person is just you know describing something and you like have to visualize visualize it first and then experience it. So it's just like a different. It takes more thought, you know, yeah. more more another, intention. Another thing, another thing, another thing that you can do is because I have like a you know a friend would benefit kind of situation and what mm-hmm. we would do is we would send each other the links to each other's porn that we watch and uh, for me I don't know why that turns cool. on knowing that that person is getting off on that video I'm like oh that's so hot you know so I think that's another thing yeah. that I find very attractive yeah. in each other yeah uh, videos that you like yeah 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 and you know sending like cute audios through throughout the day like mm-hmm. i know with you know with an iphone like the audios you know disappear in like two minutes so you can say whatever be totally full self-expressed it's, it's gonna disappear um at some point um it's just like really i think it's a time for play not yeah. to take yourself like too seriously uh and at the same time not think it's like a big old like sleepaway camp you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, because if you start to think like, okay, this is just vacation every day, because um, we don't know when it's when it's going to end. You know, yeah. it could be another month, month and a half, or maybe ninety days. I mean, who knows? I don't know. You just want to like bring a level of like normalcy, um, and also not create like a, a bunch of projects to take on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much for all your tips. It was really lovely to have a great conversation with you. So before we go, I have a couple of questions to ask that I ask all my uh, guests. So what does uh, a life of love mean to you? A life of love. So a life of what a life of love means to me is to... Be in the world with your heart open mm. and um, just being fearless about expressing that love to, to mm. anyone or anything. It doesn't have to be, you know, love, like partner love or anything like that. Just really, you know, a life of, a life of love to me means that you're thinking about your legacy because I really do believe that, you know, when, when you're gone, and we're all at some point will be gone. What will be left is the love we had for something, mm. for somebody. It, that's how people will speak of us is, yeah. you know, how you were loved, how you loved someone else, what you loved. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's the core of everything. It's really the most important thing in the world. It's almost like how much, how many people's love bank are you filling up? You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a new question. I'm just throwing this in there. So, wh- what are you? What do you think that you're learning by being in this quarantine or what's happening in the world? Like, what are you learning about yourself and love and 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 who you are based on the current state of the world? Hmm. What am I learning about myself? Mm-hmm. Well, what I'm learning about myself is that I'm much more resilient than mm-hmm. I give myself credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had, you know, if you've been in New York long enough or you've been, you know, how old you are, um, you know, I've had this type of experience before, which is, you know, 9-11 was one and then there's a financial crisis and then there's this. And this is, has a different flavor because of the health, you know, aspect mm-hmm. of it and the fact that anybody can get it, you know, like it, it, anyone um, and how deadly uh, it is. So, you know, what I've learned is that I've, I've taken like those, the lessons that I had in those, in those times, in those times of crises and go, okay, what am I going to create? You know, like, mm-hmm. what am I going to do versus sitting around waiting for life for something to 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 come to fruition for normal to come back and then you know missing out on something so i'm like fully you know experiencing things um experiencing life really creating it um as as i go along that's probably the the thing i've i've learned the most and um and you know the the capacity for com- the, the capacity that I have for humanity, you know, like a practice that I have, I've been doing it for the past two weeks or so. It's like praying for every siren. Yeah, I know you wrote that. Yeah. yeah, praying for every siren because you know I'm near Brooklyn Hospital and there's so many sirens. Yeah, I'm there. And it I'm got to be a point. Yeah. Oh my God, so many sirens, and I was just <clears> like, "What is going on?" And I, you know. I thought, okay, what thing I can do that's most accessible to me right now is to pray. And inside of praying, what I realized is like, I'm imagining the person on their way to the hospital and how scary it must be for them. Yeah. You know, they don't know if they're going to make it or not. They, they're going to the hospital. They probably can't breathe and they're going to be in isolation. I was like, wow, how scary is that? So I've, I've really gotten the capacity to to really be with with humanity and my own mm. humanity. Mm, that's beautiful. And <clears throat> last, well, one of the last questions is, what does a juicy love life looks like to you? Juicy, <laughs> juicy love life to me. <laughs> um, poof. Juicy love life to me means plenty of orgasms. Um, <laughs> plenty of orgasms. Here's to that. Here's to that. <laughs> um, and you know, it's like the best thing is to is to have a relationship where that person is your best friend, where you can mm. be awkward and like silly and embarrassed and you know have someone else witness your shame and, and all of that that to me is like the ultimate in in, in partnership and love and I, I think that would be 
the epitome of juicy. Mm, I love that. And last but not least, where can people find you online? So you can find me online at lineabonilla.com and also at... Um, Spell your last name. Bonilla, B-O-N-I-L-L-A. And also at houseofplume.com. Great. I'll have all that in the show notes of the podcast and YouTube. And uh, thank you, Lydia, so much. And thank you guys for coming to the show. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. And visit this wonderful lady. And, you know, I really, you know, I know we've known each other for about two, three years now. And it's really great to really get a sense of, like, who you are and how you show up in the world. Mm -hmm. And... I just, I'm so honored and grateful that people like you exist and creating, you know, this platform that you have for people to experience pleasure in all different aspects. Thank you. I'm so honored that, that, you know, you have me on and that I'm able to, to share, you know, what, what matters to me and to share that with your audience. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. And if you really like this podcast, please share it. Twitter, Instagram, or on your webpage. Thank you. Crazy Juicy Love.